0: What is going on everybody? It is the father-son fantasy football podcast. Um, we we're recording this intro after the fact we recorded. Uh, we tried doing it last night unfortunately. I uh, had some audio problems with the intro. Not the full episode. Uh, so my dad's not in this intro or outro today. But we were, we were able to get Joe Pisapia on the show. Uh, big shout out to Ahmad. Um, I can't thank you enough for tweeting at him and him actually agreeing to come on our show. A uh, Great guy. A lot of fun with this one and once again can't thank him enough uh, i'll have his twitter link in the description below the uh i'll have the amazon link to the black book that he writes uh the world infamous black book that joe pesapia does great work on he's a great guy uh, you've seen him probably all over the place he has the black bud podcast he also does on by himself and with a couple of his co-hosts and definitely worth listening uh, you can never listen to too many podcasts but today we have the my guys episode flag players we uh we each did three so i did three my dad did three and then joe did three and i'm not gonna take too long in this intro you can find me on twitter at justin fsff and the podcast twitter's at father son ff we will follow you there and if you guys are listening to us for the first time or even if it's like your second or third time wherever time it is listening and you're not subscribed yet to the podcast um, You could probably put the uh, podcast right now into like a down bar and then hit subscribe because that helps us out a lot. And you guys get to know whenever we post a new episode, which we're going to be doing three times a week throughout the whole season with free agent moves, start sits and whatnot. And this year, DFS is going to be huge. And I'm very happy to announce that we are now an affiliate with the Quant Edge. And a big thank you to Elliot Crist. So... I mean, if you guys are tired of getting crushed by the pros, DFF players, sports bettors, you got to listen up right here because thequantedge.com has the tools you need to play like a pro. They have a nice lineup optimizer, injury tool, wide receiver cornerback matchups, which is huge for DFS, a head-to-head tool. And then you're going to be armed with everything you need to win. And let me tell you, it's going to help you win. Uh, You can make up to 150 lineups in seconds just by filling out some things. You can see matchups to exploit. You can compare players to help you make the right decision you're on the fence about. So say, like, one week you can't decide between Mike Evans and Stephon Diggs. Using the tools on this website at thequantedge.com will help you make that decision. And it's going to be way more clear to you which what guy you want to start that given week, depending on matchups, because you can do that wider receiver you see your cornerback matchup thing. You also get exclusive access to our industry experts, articles, podcasts, and the Quantum Edge community by participating in the premium membership chat. That means you have access to chat with any of the writers and podcast hosts any time of the season with this membership. And we here at the Father-Son Fantasy Football Podcast have a special deal for you who are loyal listeners. You guys use the promo code FSFF. I'll have it in the description below. You get a 10% discount on the season-long subscription. And you have to act fast because this deal is going to end all the way up to August 31st. So... Make sure you guys go to TheQuantEdge.com dot to sign up today. You guys won't regret it. It's gonna make a big difference in your DFS game and even your season long approach. Uh, Derek Brown, one of the best friends on the show and a good friend I have on Twitter, um, he's a writer there for the season long content. And you know how good he is. He's a really he knows his stuff. Uh, he's a great guy, and he he's gonna be there, and you'll have access to talk to him all season long too. So make sure you guys go to TheQuantEdge.com dot to sign up today and use promo code FSFF. But without further to do. I say we get into the show. All right. And today we have probably one of the most specialist guests we could possibly get on. And it is Joe Pisapia, the author of The Fantasy Black Book. And I just, I don't even know how we got him on the show, but what's going on, Joe? I, I
1: I'll tell you what I've been called special many times uh, <laughs> for different reasons. I could tell you that much, but I'm happy to be here, man. I think, I, I think what happened, I don't, you know, what, I'm trying to think of it myself. I'm not even sure how it happened too. but I'm, I'm always happy to pop on podcasts and stuff. Cause I remember over a decade ago when me and my buddy Dan Strafford were sitting in uh in a two bedroom apartment, uh, you know, that he had in Westfield and we were trying to record podcasts and the other, and it was before serious fantasy radio even started and we were trying to get on there. And then we ended up getting on there years later. So look, this is great. I'm excited. I think it's a cool show you, you and your dad doing, and uh, I'm happy to be here, man. Thanks for having me.
2: Awesome. We appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to be on our show.
1: (laughs) Well, you know what it's, this is right where it's like peaking, man. Let me tell you, we, it's, it's crazy. You get that little low in early August and then once you hit mid-August, all the way through December, it's just bananas, man. It's just crazy, but it's fun. It's the best time of year. I'm super excited for football, and uh, you know, it's. I think this is the fourth show of the day, so wow. I'm I'm excited. Wow. Let's do this, baby. All right, let's, let's do, do it. it. <laughs>
0: yeah. I agree with that. Uh, best time of the year thing. It's it's awesome. So
2: do I. Football. I can't believe it's less than two weeks away. Two weeks. Week and a
0: half, actually.
1: It's crazy. Not even. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, really, this this next week of football is nonsense.
1: Nobody's yeah, really playing right. anyway, so, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah, I got a smile on my face just thinking about it. So uh, today we have the infamous My Guys episode slash flag players. These are guys that we want to go get in every draft possible and guys we just love. Um, and we have uh, Joe on the show today. So to give you his expert analysis, uh, we're going to do three guys each. And I say uh, we're going to kick it off with my dad first.
2: Wow, you're going to let me go first.
0: I, I think, All yeah. Right.
1: I'm going to
2: kick it off with a quarterback.
0: Oh, geez.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Age before beauty, Paul. I think that's what he's trying to tell you. That's okay.
2: (laughs) I I like that, too. So we're going to kick it off with Philip Rivers is one of my guys I'm targeting. Uh, Rivers doesn't get the respect he deserves, I don't think. 2017 was another year of of great numbers for him. Um, Here's the stats real quick. He was number four in completions with 360. Number two in attempts, uh, I believe it was 575. Number two in passing yards, 4,515. He's tied for fifth in passing touchdowns with 28. Tied for first in 300-yard games with a total of six. I don't think that's a stat a lot of people know, but six 300-yard games is pretty good. So he's everything you want in a fantasy QB. He's currently going QB 16. That's about the 11th round. For a QB of Rivers, consistency, opportunity, and value, It's, it's unbelievable where he's going. So this year, the Chargers have a better defense, but they're still going to give up points. So that means Rivers, Keenan Allen, Melvin Gordon will do the same for your fantasy teams. That's put up points, baby. That's what we want. That's what fantasy teams want is points. I would not be surprised if he exceeds his number eight finish last year with a solid 4,500 yards this year and 30 passing touchdowns. So Phillip Rivers is the guy I'm targeting right around the 10th, 11th round.
0: Wow. I love it. I love Joe hit on that one first. What do you guys say about that, Joe?
1: (laughs) I love it, man. I I, Look, Philip Rivers is one of my favorite quarterbacks. So, I mean, you're right. He does not get enough respect. And in single quarterback leagues, when you can end up with a guy who could throw for 4,500 yards and 30 touchdowns, I mean, that's just a no-brainer. And this is why you don't reach for quarterback. And this is the biggest mistake people make in single quarterback leagues where people who are, you know, just playing casual football leagues, they make this mistake. And this is the work I do in the Black Book. This is Black Book 101. Why would, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of separation between, in the first 12 quarterbacks, between the fantasy league average QB1 and the very top of the board of Aaron Rodgers and Brady and Wilson, those guys, and then the bottom, which is more guys like Stafford and Rivers. So I love Rivers. I think the healthy Mike Williams this year could be a great red zone threat too. Uh, Gordon's been very consistent. Rivers is always one of these guys you just know what you're getting, and I love that. The offense hasn't changed. The pieces haven't changed. And in terms of value, I'm all over, it, man. Give me Philip Rivers every day. Awesome, that's what I like. I like that.
0: I, I agree with it. I love Philip Rivers this year. Uh, I think this is one of the few times I'm actually going to agree with my dad on this one. Uh, this guy <laughs> is. Wow. You finally agree with me on something.
1: Well, he's got to. You know, you know, he's sending you to college now, then now you gotta worry about him sending you boxes of food every now and then and care packages, so you better agree with him. You
0: know, you're, you're I another option. Uh, Phil Rivers. Tell him Joe, keep telling him. <laughs> My dad loves it. Um he's, he's very underrated. Um this guy a lot of people don't know. He's actually right now among active quarterbacks, he has the third most touchdown passes behind Tom Brady and Drew Brees, and he gets it done every year. He averages a top twelve finish and he's going past the top twelve in most drafts and you can Wait on quarterback like Joe and my dad said and get this guy as your starter in single quarterback leagues in like the twelfth round, thirteenth round, after most of your home league mates probably already take one or even two quarterbacks. It's a possibility. And you can keep getting those guys to put in your flex spot while they keep drafting quarterbacks and you could get stuck with a top twelve guy after the top twelve quarterbacks go off the board. So I'm right on with you, Dad.
2: All right. I like the agreement that you're giving me. All
0: right. Um you wanna go next, Joe or you want me to go? no, you go. I'm the guest. I want to hear you guys first. I listen
1: to me all day long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right, so uh, my my first my guy is a guy that I originally had ranked outside the top 10 in running backs, and I have recently moved him into the top seven, and that is going to be Dalvin Cook. Uh, my love for him has grown. He's currently going as running back 11 in drafts. Uh, I think his draft stock keeps lowering down a little bit because of the recent news about Latavius Murray possibly splitting carries. But we'll get into that in a second. Um, the first thing in fantasy football I think a lot of guys uh, overthink is you want to get players on good offenses. And this year, the Vikings are going to be a very prolific offense. Dalvin Cook last year, you know, was a small sample size. He was the eighth ranked running back in fantasy through three games last year. Um, the Vikings ran the second most run plays. It was 501 in the NFL last year. Um, yes, they're gonna pass more Kirk Cousins because he's a little better in Case Keenum. And according to Derek Brown, one of our guests on our show before, he said even if the D-Bro, Vikings D-Bro.
1: I love Debro. We love
0: Debro, is a great I friend of it. mine. Debro's good people, man. Very good. Yes. I love I love Debro. Shout out Debro. Um even if the Vikings were to drop the tenth I in call the, him Honey Whiskey. That's my name. <laughs> <laughs> honey Whiskey. He loves honey whiskey. <laughs> That's his stripper name, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he said uh, even if the Vikings were to drop the tenth in the NFL in rushing the attempts, they would still leave four hundred and fifteen rushing attempts for up to grabs and after Cousins rushes the ball more than people think. Uh, the 36 rushing attempts he has averaged over the last past three seasons, they're still going to be 415. Uh, Pat Schumer is now in the Giants, and as Giants fans, I couldn't be more excited for that because I love how he utilizes the running back and his offensive mind. But they brought in John DeFlippo, who last year was the quarterback's coach for the Eagles, but the last time when he was seen as offensive coordinator was in 2015 with the Browns, and the starting running back accounted for 60% of the rushing attempts, which is actually the same amount as Todd Gurley had for the Rams last year. A lot of people don't know that. And if you get back to those 415 rushing attempts, and if the Vikings were to lean more towards the pass this season, it would give Dalvin Cook 247 carries, which, if you based off of 2017's number, it would have been the ninth most rushing attempts in the NFL. Um, the pass catching, I guess, concerns some people may have about Dalvin Cook. Uh, weeks one to three, he out targeted the pass catching back in McKinnon 13 to 10. The Philippos running backs in 2015 had 109 targets. Uh, Murray doesn't scare me. There's just splits in backfields all the time in fantasy. There's only a couple, I think, backfields like Le'Veon Bell and Zeke who don't, or David Johnson, who don't really split carries. So as the 11th running back off the board in this offense that has, I think the, one of the best defenses in the NFL, given them positive game script, they're going to run down the clock uh, with him and more volume for Dalvin Cook equals more points. And one last thing I want to add is He has the fourth easiest schedule for running backs for weeks one to five and the eighth easiest from six to ten. I think after the first couple of weeks, it's probably subject to change due to we don't know how these defenses are going to perform this year. But easy schedule plus a good offense and a good defense does help. Uh, They just upgraded our offensive line by getting Brett Jones as center. So hopefully they're in the top 25 now in offensive line. But the volume's there. And through three weeks last season, he was second in carries behind Todd Gurley. I think Dalvin Cook can be top five this year. And that's that's my bold prediction right there.
1: I don't disagree with it. Uh, I was president last year of the Dalvin Cook fan club. I owned Dalvin Cook shares pretty much everywhere last year uh, for a lot of the reasons you're talking about, a good offense, a good situation for him, and the injury was just terrible. Now, luckily, I also owned a lot of shares of Todd Gurley last year, so I was able to overcome it. But, you know, Dalvin Cook's got a great spot. I'm telling you right now, do not I don't think anybody should read too much into the whole Latavius Murray thing, okay? Murray is a temporary guy there, and in terms of commitment and money, it's Dalvin Cook. They just want to make sure that they're easing him into things. So if you the best thing is if you miss on Dalvin Cook somehow in a league in a draft, I would say wait till week one or two and then pounce with a trade offer because there might be a little bit of timeshare in the first month of the season just to just to get him back up to speed and just to pace him a little bit coming off the injury. But once we turn the page into October, it's going to be all Dalvin Cook and he is a very special talent. So you are a smart man, Justin. I, I am with you already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i'm gonna have one more thing before my dad gets into it uh the vikings last year were fourth in red zone attempts per game this is also from uh derek he loves dalvin cook just like i do so i'm taking the stats from him i'll have him do the research and i'll just take it and use it uh red zone play division <laughs> they had 76 red zone rushing attempts and 60 red zone passing targets so even with murray involved i'm not i'm not worried about it dalvin cook should be going in the first round and he's had a year basically off from that recovery which is better than getting injured later in the season so all in on dalvin cook dad you can what do you gotta say about dalvin cook
2: Yeah, you know, Justin, I lost Dalvin Cook last year and OBJ. Um, Dalvin Cook was off to a great start till he got hurt. So look, they haven't really used him in a preseason yet. He carried twice for, I think, one yard, but I think they're saving him. His rehab has been setback free. It's possible that the Vikings are easing him back in early on this year, like you said. Uh, That's gonna be easier to do with, that'll be easier to do with Murray looking good this month. He's carried, Murray's carried 20 times for seven and nine yards. And a score, I believe, and, and uh, I think he played in all three preseason games. And he added another 32 yards and three catches. But Murray could be the thorn in, in Cook's side, maybe near the goal line, but that's about it. I mean, he re- he's really going to be their number two. I think he's only going to have fantasy irrelevant if Cook were to miss time. So I, I, I like Dalvin. I'm not all in on Dalvin Cook, but I like him this year too. I really loved him last year till he got hurt.
0: Hey, yeah. But- But you can't go backwards. (laughs) I think we're all in agreement. That's right. You got to live in the
1: now. Yes, you do. That's what you got to do. I mean, you know, look, the injury behind when you look at the ACL and the people who have come back from it recently, I mean, most of these running backs have come back very strong. Uh, Even, you know, a guy like Peterson, I mean, talking career year type thing. So if anything, all you've got here is another shot at Dalvin Cook at about the same ADP you had him last year, roughly a little bit more expensive, not much. And I think that that's fantastic.
0: Yeah. So, uh, Joe, well, I'm interested to hear your first, my guy for this season.
1: Well, I went with the, my guys, uh, guys who keep showing up on my, this is how I interpreted it anyway, Yeah, guys who keep showing up on my roster because people are undervaluing them or they have short-term memory loss, I think. So, uh, the first guy is Pierre Garcon and I actually went with three wide receivers. So that's, that's my thing. That's just because value for me, I'm always a guy who takes running backs early. I want to make sure I get those volume touch guys early on I want to back them up I want to make sure I leave the third round with at least two running backs and uh, that way I'm solidifying the floor points I'm getting every single week but for me I look at Pierre Garçon and last year everybody liked him as a PPR guy and meanwhile they had no quarterback so I look at last year's situation and now everybody's in love with Jimmy Garoppolo and granted I like Jimmy Garoppolo as an Italian I I have to it's part of the thing we're all like you know know, these Pisans. we got to support each other but at the same time everybody, you know, keeps talking about Marquise Goodwin. And yeah, Goodwin had some great moments last year, but he was the only guy there. Garcon is a far better route runner, far better receiver. So I think once Garcon is in this lineup, I I think you're probably on one team or the other. And for me, I like Garcon because for all the reasons I liked him last year, and now you're going into a spot where he's going to have an actual quarterback playing. uh, To me, it's a no brainer in terms of value and return on investment. He could be a guy who has Wide receiver one type games here and there, and I think that's a huge value as a guy who's being drafted more like
0: a three. Yeah, um, Dad, you can go first on that.
2: I like Pierre Gar- 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 Garcon there too, especially with Garoppolo there. I do like Goodwin there also, but I mean, I've been a, a Pierre Gar- Garcon fan, I don't know, two three years now. I think he's going to do good in that offense this year too. Garoppolo is going to throw the ball a lot, so you got George Kittle there. You're going to have Garcon there, and you're going to have Goodwin there. that it? That's it.
0: All right.
1: Uh (laughs) (laughs) See, the thing with Goodwin is, too, you know, he he runs that one route real well. (laughs) I mean, he's real fast. He can burn by people. He got it. But in terms of quarterback development, too, and I know everyone's excited about Garoppolo, guys. But, I mean, I look at last year and I see, you know, the two best games he had against those big playoff teams, they could care less that they were facing the Niners when they lost those games. They were so far looking past the 49ers, and that's not going to happen this year. Everyone's going to be ready for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's going to be a little tougher. I think he's going to have to lean on a veteran who knows what he's doing. And in terms of so far being comfortable with that, I think Garcon, hands down, is that guy.
0: Yeah. So uh, I love both these guys in this offense. I like Marquise Goodwin, and I also do love Pierre Garcon. Um, in the past month, starting August 1st, you've seen Goodwin's reports out of camp, and people are probably not overreacting because it looks like he has the report with Garoppolo because Garcon was injured last year. But he was going in the ninth round, now he's going in the fifth round. He's going as a 23rd wide receiver ahead of guys like Corey Davis, Brandon Cooks, Marvin Jones, Emmanuel Sanders. So this guy's just flying off draft boards, whereas Garcon is getting cheaper and cheaper. He was in the seventh round, now he's all the way late ninth round. And like you said, a great route runner. And I think it's easy to develop chemistry when you're a veteran like that with a uh, new quarterback. And I, I can see them both getting their work, but the cheaper option is Garcon. And I think he has the opportunity to ball out this year. And I like that pick right there. It's a little shocking. I wasn't expecting a Pierre Garcon for the first one, but hey. <laughs> That's me, <laughs> oh, baby.
1: Like that. Well, like I said, my guys. The guys that every time I look up, there, they are on my roster every yeah. time.
0: like that. Uh. All right, Dad, you want to do your your second my guy for us?
2: Okay. We're going to go with a running back. I'm going to do one at each position. Uh, uh, so we're going to do a running back right now, Deion Lewis. I really love Deion Lewis this year, and I believe the Titans love him too because they gave him a four-year deal for $20 million. That's big money today for any running back. Uh, he deserves it. He's coming off a big 2017 season. Um, he averaged five yards per catch on 180 attempts. Uh, Lewis is a good back who figures to play a big role, I believe, in Tennessee alongside Derrick Henry. Now, I, th- I believe Derrick Henry's going 22nd. and I think Deion Lewis now is going right right after him at the 23rd running back off the board. Uh, they're pretty close to that anyway.
0: Uh, right uh, now, it's Henry's going 20th, and Deion Lewis is 25th. So... The round difference okay. by the way 404 okay. and 507.
2: Okay, so I, I'd rather have Lewis at the at a cheaper price than Derrick Henry anyway. Um, I think it's a bigger he's gonna have a bigger role than most fantasy owners are expecting, especially in a passing game where Henry has been unproven. Henry's only caught 24 passes over the last two seasons. Lewis, meanwhile, has racked up and of course he had Tom Brady throwing to him too. He had 85 catches in and 30 games the last three seasons. He averaged 8.2 yards per catch. Look, Henry's going to be the lead back no matter what. But with Lewis being the primary passing catching role, makes him a, a great pick around fifth round in the fifth round. So I, li- I like Leon, Deion Lewis this year.
0: Yeah. Um, so far through the preseason usage, uh, I don't know if it's going to continue through the season, but it's basically a 50 50 split. The pass catching work seems to be secured for Deion Lewis. And I've mentioned it, I think, twice on the show already how. Frank LeFleur ran a, uh, at the Rams, they ran a lot of 11 personnel sets, which Deion Lewis thrived in more than Derrick Henry. I do like both, though. They have a great offensive line. Uh, the only concern for me with Lewis is his health. I think last season was his first full 16 games, and he's been known to get uh, a little bit injured here and there. So, But I do like the pick, and I think he's a better discount than Derrick Henry. What do you guys say about Deion Lewis, Joe?
1: Well, here's where the show gets interesting. Finally <laughs> got a little debate. So All
0: right. here, here's my spot. Now, look.
1: Deion Lewis did have a great year last year. There's no doubt about that. He's also a product of that offense. And this is something that's gone back and to see what happens. We got a Patriots fan on the show. This goes back <laughs> into the Kevin Falk days in that offense. And you could go through and, you know, you've seen James White, the Super Bowl. You've seen there's lots of guys in this role who have succeeded in the past. And it's always been the same. It's been the same role in that offense. And the reason why that role is successful is because You've got one of the greatest, if not the greatest quarterback of all time back there. And when you have to account for him seeing the field the way he does and guarding Gronkowski and guarding all these other guys because he can make anything work at any time, guys like Deion Lewis who can get out in the flat and guys who can you know catch screens and things like that become really difficult to deal with. And it's not that I'm I'm not down on Deion Lewis, but when you look at players who have been productive as a Patriot and then left the Patriots, where are they? because I'd like to see them because I've never seen one yet. Uh, I mean, Adam Vinatieri, maybe, but that's a kicker. So you really can't <laughs> even get into that too much. Uh, but I, I'm looking at Deion Lewis and, and I think that, you know, Derrick Henry's size, I think eventually wins out. You mentioned the injury history. That's also a concern. I own zero shares so far in any league of Deion Lewis for a lot of those reasons. And it's not because he doesn't have potential. It's not because in full PPR, he can't be useful. It's because to me, his success is more built on what his role was being able to do that one thing he's really good at in an offense that runs like clockwork with a great quarterback, whereas Marcus Mariota last year struggled mightily. He had some really good games in 2016. He had a great stretch there where he played like a QB1. He hasn't even had a full season where he played like that, and now you're bringing in LaFleur's offense, which is new. I just think it's asking a lot for him to come in and replicate the season he had last year, and I think it's going to be
0: disappointing to a lot of people. Yeah, a report came out today uh, that is just getting a hold of the offense, which I guess is better late than never. But uh, like well,
1: the- You never know. These guys, sometimes they get a hold of the offense, and next thing you know, week one, they look great. You know, I mean, it's, sometimes things just click, because a lot of times it's just a matter of, you know, it's not so much that it's going to click week one or week eight. It's going to click at some point. You never know when, and you just hope that it's sooner than later, and it could very well be in September.
2: I, I, just, think, uh, I just think Henry's going to be touchdown
1: dependent.
0: They're both yeah, but, used.
1: Yeah. but oh, you know what? Both. You know, those well, six points good. are nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, you go six and 60. That's a nice day right there. You know?
0: Yes. Yeah. yes, you are correct. I mean, if Henry did like say 12 rushes for like even 20 yards, but has two touchdowns. That's a, that's a fantasy relevant week right there.
2: You are correct also. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So my, my second, my guy, um, I'm a, I'm a kick it off with the guy I've been, uh, actually coming around on i like them all off season but this is the year i think that people are getting it wrong in a way and i think my my guy is uh it's rob gronkowski so this guy is going to be the number one tight end in fantasy it's it's not going to be i don't think that close he's a per game basis beast he'll probably outscore the next tight end by at least six points and you've seen him going in the first round at the 110 then going at the, like the 202 and then the 205 and this year he's going around the 210 spot uh recently people are starting to hop on the Rob Gronkowski uh, train, but he's still going at 210 right now. And I don't get it because this is the year where he should be going in the first round. Uh, this His volume isn't going to go drop anywhere. This is the year I think it goes up. He's only 29 years old. He's still in his prime. There's no target competition in this offense. And, I mean, I got him at the 311 in one of my drafts, and I think that's insane. I think he's automatic in the third round, and I think if you're in the second round, the only guy I may take over him is A.J. Green, but I'm, I'm taking Gronk probably. And this is the season, like I said, he should be going in the first round because the targets are going to always be there. The red zone threat, they do put him on the outside and do those fades to him. And Tom Brady does love some Gronk. So that, that's my, my guy. This is just the year to get Gronk.
1: Well, look, I, it's 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 always nice to have Gronk. Mm-hmm. The thing is, this is the first year where his price has gotten, and I've seen him gone as late as uh, the end of the second round in some drafts. And that to me is where you can start justifying him. You know, when people were taking him in the first round, I couldn't get behind that because, uh, you know, in my theoretical world of the Black Book, when you're comparing players and comparing the top 12 tight ends to each other, Gronk is far and away the best one. I mean, you know, people could talk about the emergence of Ertz last year, they can talk about Kelsey having a career year but Gronk is the guy that you can say has a shot for a thousand yards and 10 touchdowns every year and you can't say that about every tight end so and not to mention the amount of balls and and what his role is in the offense the trouble is always the injuries number one and the fact that if you can't get him in the place you want to draft him you have to realize only one team in your league is going to have Gronk everybody else is basically going to be struggling at tight end every week so I would say if you can get him at a good cost which is Anywhere in that middle of the second, I think you can make a real argument for him there. I would do it. And especially in a standard league, I would do it where touchdowns matter so much because he's a touchdown machine. But if you miss on him, he's one of those guys. I think it's OK because, you know, the weeks you face him, they, it's going to suck. But other than that, everybody else is basically just treading water anyway. And all you're looking for is a guy you catch a touchdown every week. And that makes you a tight end one every week.
0: Yeah. And if, uh, say you have Gronk and you make it to the playoffs, your roster is probably going to change, which means you could have some more established wide receivers and running backs. So if you go in the first playoff matchup, having better running backs and wide receivers than what you came out of the draft with, and then you have Gronk sitting there, that's going to be a tough matchup for whoever's going against you. Absolutely. Wait, What do you got to think about Gronk dad? Let's let's hear this one. It's not Jimmy (laughs) Graham, but it's way Uh, better than Jimmy uh uh Graham. (laughs)
2: i'm not i'm not paying a price for Gronk. i mean look he's he's in an elite it's a cheaper price than it's ever been 210 i understand but he's still listen he's still an elite tight end he's in a tier all by himself the injuries scare me a little bit with him uh there's nobody better in the game than okay he's mr consistency a thousand yards every year i'm just not paying a price on him i got my eyes set on a, a few other tight ends rather than Gronk. When he's on the field, he remains elite. I mean, he finished, I think, number two in PPR behind Travis Kels. At uh, the end of last year, he thought about retirement. We're glad he's back because he's good for the game. Um, and you're right, they're they're gonna throw to him because they're they're they don't have a much a lot of talent and wide receiver this year. You got Edelman who's not gonna be back for till what week week, week five.
0: Three, yeah. Week five, yeah. First yeah. Week right.
2: Two, I mean, you got Chris Hogan who's probably gonna get a lot of targets there, but Gronk's value is just going to go even higher now because they they don't have the running, uh, the wide receivers they used to have.
0: Yeah. For me, it's Gronk where I'm punting it. So that's that's where I stand on it.
1: Well, uh, I'm with you. (laughs) (laughs) And that's why I punt it because I'm kind of like your dad. It's funny. I'm with you. I I recognize how great Gronk is at the same time. At the same time, this is the one year in a long time where I feel like the value is is very, very tantalizing. And I want to do it. I haven't gotten a chance to do it yet. Because I'm such a running back whore, and I'm still going <laughs> running back. But I'll, I'll tell you, you know, I was in flex. I was the one overall pick, and if he, it was two picks away from me where he went, and I was, it was right there. It was two ten, and I was waiting. If he made it to me, I was gonna take him with one of them, even though it was super flex. It was no way I was gonna let him pass.
0: Yeah, right there, I got him. Oh, well, like you minute. say, some some guys are taking him in the first round. That's crazy. Yeah, if you wait, I don't know. like I think you got him just in the
2: late second round, right? I
0: got him in our super flex. league at the three eleven spot, which I was like, wow. Yeah.
2: I mean, three eleven. That's not. That's a no brainer. But I'm not taking them in. You know,
1: some people are taking them
0: in the first round. In and that. That's crazy. <laughs> I want <laughs> My dad's in that league. Uh, <laughs> yeah, get me in that league, please. Three eleven <laughs> for Gronk. <laughs> Holy crap! Yeah, I love it. It's it's awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what happened? To the rest of these guys? these guys were drinking or what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. <laughs>
0: Oh man. All right. So, who is your second My Guide show? I'm interested to hear.
1: I know there's nothing more thrilling to talk about than Michael Crabtree. Oh, uh, yes. You know, yes. But let's let's do it, baby. Let's there's another guy. We're Justin with that one. Yes. Oh, he is on all of my teams. And I'll tell you why for simple reasons. He catches eight touchdowns every year. Last year, yeah, it was a down year, but that entire Oakland team took a huge dump last year. They were just dreadful and before that this was a guy going 90 catches for 900 yards everybody wants to talk about amari cooper meanwhile every week you get 12 points from michael crabtree and now he's going into an offense that it's not thrilling but joe flacco is going to throw for over 3,000 yards this year so somebody's going to catch the damn ball they have no tight end john brown is more of a you know big play guy than a consistency guy he's going to be a big cog in that offense And to me, he's got a real shot at catching 85 balls, scoring eight touchdowns again, and going for 900 yards. And again, you look at the ADP and some of the guys that go ahead of him. You can't say that about even all those guys. And this is someone who's the mark of consistency, someone who, to me, is coming off a down year where everybody was looking at him as being one of the more reliable, almost 1A type wide receivers you can count on every week. And now it's like, everybody forgot, you know what? I'm not forgetting. And I got a lot of Michael Crabtree this year. Yes.
2: I'm going to go next, Jessica.
1: Wait, we're he's currently going as
0: 30th wide receiver right,
2: 608. It. So let's go ahead it, now, baby. let's hear it. <laughs> Cause you know what? My love for Michael Crabtree also look, John Brown has been the buzz in Ravens camp, right? But Baltimore signed Crabtree to be the top dog in a wide receiver four. That's largely unproven. He is, yes, he's coming off a disappointing 58 catch. Uh, I think it was just over 600 yards season. Uh, he also missed two games, um, and Carr didn't have a great year either. Okay, but Crabtree Crab still had eight touchdowns, his third straight season with eight plus scores. He turns thirty-one in September. There's still gas left in the tank, and he's in line for a big load of targets with what Flacco's going to throw to somebody. They're going to throw to him. It also doesn't, doesn't hurt Crabtree because the the word on the street now is Flacco is reporting.
1: Reportingly having his best training camp in a while. Of course he is. He's terrified to lose his job. Oh yeah. So. <laughs> it's amazing when you light a fire under a guy like that. All of a sudden he starts, you know, really, you know, focusing and playing better football. It's unbelievable, isn't it?
2: Yep. So I, I love. They're going. They're going to throw to him. So Justin, we just ganged up on you. So the floor is yours.
0: Hear the negative, Justin. So. Come on, bring me the negative. This one <laughs> I'm not. I'm not against Crabtree. I like. I don't like him that much. Um, Flacco has never had a wide receiver finish above wide receiver seventeen, but he's not going there. He's going as the thirtieth wide receiver. So if he could measure wide receiver two, three, the volume's going to be there. Um, Joe Flacco does concern me. Their offensive line's back healthy, so hopefully those targets are a little better than uh, what they would have been last year if Crabtree was in the offense. John Brown doesn't really scare me off. And Willie Sneed. Uh, I think John Brown's a burner guy. You want to get in best ball leagues, but for redraft, I think Crabtree's the wide receiver you want to own. There is guys going after him I would rather have though. Um guys currently going after him that I would rather have is uh Jameson Crowder. Uh similar volume plays but I do like Crowder a little bit more.
1: He's playing with an equally mediocre quarterback, yeah.
0: no offense, but I mean,
1: yeah. uh, one great year of Alex Smith after a decade of mediocrity <laughs> does not impress me.
0: I also rather have Nelson Aguilar now. I think he's going to probably shoot up the draft boards because of this uh, Alshon Jeffrey news. And I also rather have Robert Woods. Nelson yeah,
1: Aguilar has never sniffed a season like Crabtree's had. In uh, Crabtree's <laughs> also getting <laughs> <laughs> older. <laughs> this is fun. Crap. See, one minute I was here, oh, I'm like the hero. Yeah. One minute I'm with like one of you, then I turn on the other one and hit you with a chair. <laughs> That's
0: great. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, so yeah, Aguilar sucked before last year. That was because he played outside of the Nightly. slot. So uh, he went in the slot last season, finished as a wide receiver at 23. Um, this was one of the contentions for one of my mind, guys. Now there's news that Jeffrey's going to miss at least two games. So that's week three. Uh, he's very efficient on all the routes he ran in the slot. The QB rating when they throw to him in the slot, I think the lowest one was like a 69, but that was like a one route he didn't really run that much. Um, his ceiling with I mean Jeffrey out who could miss more in just at least two weeks I think it's a top 15 wide receiver Uh, he had more targets in red zone than Alshon Jeffrey Uh, he was fourth in the league in slot receptions last year behind the elite guys such as Larry Fitzgerald, Golden Tate, and Jarvis Landry I think Crabtree's gonna get his targets so he gives you that nice floor but I don't really know what Crabtree's ceiling is so if he's going off my wife's year two or three uh, probably guy I'm putting in a flex spot unless you go running back heavy I don't like putting a guy who has a higher floor. I'd have a guy who has a higher ceiling in my flex spot, but I don't have a problem.
1: Well, a with Crowder guy from last year too. My problem with Crowder is, you know, last year I kept telling people, buy back in, buy back in. He's better than this. He's better than this. And I don't know. You know, I know he was never healthy all year, and I was a Jameson Crowder truther two years ago, and people were like, well, what? you know, you're nuts. But he was clearly, you know, I, my problem is I'm concerned that part of the reason he was good is because he had guys like Garcon around him. And once that core got thinner, he became the guy. It was much harder for him, and he didn't have that gear that I thought he did, and that was, my, that was my only drawback. Whereas Crabtree is used to being the guy. He was the guy in San Francisco, and I'll be honest with you. Everyone can talk about Amari Cooper all they want. You go back and you'll get the game logs. Amari Cooper has one good game every month. Last year he had one good game, period. It was always Crabtree all the time.
0: Was I wrote an article about Mari Cooper? My first article ever. I said he's top 15 this year. I think he's top 12 now. Um, looking, I, I'll get into that later, another time maybe, but uh, we're gonna mm. have a whole show, you and me, about Mari Cooper. <laughs> nice. I'm down for it.
1: You take that one good game away. I think he had 400 yards last year. Yeah, I'm going. <laughs> I forget
0: about last season. I can forget about it. I'm not worried and about it. He drops the ball. A lot. Hey, well, so does Before that,
1: he had two years of two years of dropping the ball a lot and not showing up, you know, in games, you know. Best ball, I'm all, that's fine. You want Amari Cooper in best ball, that's fine. It's week to
0: week. I'm always concerned. And it's only 24. The Raiders had a top 10 offensive line apparently last year. They underperformed. They went out and improved it. Their um, car. Youth and
1: skill is no match for old age and treachery.
0: Unless it's Joe <laughs> Flacco. I, mean, I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> less competition for targets. I, we'll, we'll get over that. I don't mind a Crabtree pick. I think year 30 is a great value. Uh, I better go for some other guys, though. And I don't plan on owning Crabtree on any of my teams this year. <laughs> <laughs> Agree okay, disagree. I, I got him i want of mine so i'll take exactly it. there you go <laughs> all right dad who's your uh third and final flag player
2: okay i got i got a couple guys here i could give you but i'm gonna give you one that will probably give us some debate
0: because oh, you're gonna
2: be shocked at this one justin oh am i um i've had this guy in the past and he's been nothing but frustrating oh geez <laughs> So it's a tight end. So you know my love for Jimmy Graham if you listen to the podcast. So if I'm not getting Jimmy Graham because someone else sniped me on him, the guy that I'm looking to take is Jordan Reed. Look, you can't win in fantasy football by playing scared. Passing on Reed at his mid-eighth round ADP is playing scared. If you're waiting on a tight end, he'd be the guy to grab. Is he an injury risk? You bet he is. I mean, he's never played a full 16-game season. He missed 28 games over the last five years. That's a lot. But when he's on the field, as we all know, he's a fantasy force. He led all tight ends in PPR points per game in 2015 and 2016. That's right, even higher than Rob Gronkowski. Um, he's had off-season surgeries to, I think, he removed a bone in both his big toes because he's been having foot problems. He says he feels 100% better. Uh, Washington has limited him in camp so far. But if he's healthy going into week one and you drafted him, he could be your difference maker that your team needs. So I'm all in on Jordan Reed if I'm waiting on a tight end.
0: <laughs>
1: I see. I knew, I knew it. I knew it. No, well, I'll say, I will say I this. Knew I'm going to say this. I think that Jordan Reed this year, considering the cost, is worth that risk. Because I do think he's a guy that if he plays, and with Alex Smith's history of being you know useful with tight ends over his career, including Vernon Davis, who's there now too, uh, there, there's a really good chance that that's going to be a difference maker. And it's hard to find a tight end difference maker. And the fact you pay nothing for him. It's one thing a couple of years ago where you're paying the fourth round for him or fifth round. Which that's I tough. Which right. I Which, yeah. yeah, I know a lot of people did and, that, and there was risk in there and unfortunately the, you know, it didn't work out now. The risk is so minimal. And I think that there are some tight ends this year, like Eifert, who, you know, is back in healthy that I'm not big on taking a second tight end, but I think if you take a Jordan Reed, that it would be smart to pair him with a break or a Ricky seals Jones or somebody like that, because then at least if you can get, if you can get through September and he's healthy and you want to drop the other tight end, that's fine, but it's good to have somebody on that roster that, you know, can actually fill in and catch a touchdown or be useful. And, you know, look in terms of boomer bust, I, I think it's, I think it's great. I can understand why you want to take the shot this year on him.
2: My guy's Jimmy Graham, but like I said, if I can't get him, Jordan Reed's the guy I'm getting. And I got, we have two leagues so far, and I got Jimmy Graham in one, and I got Jordan Reed in the other.
0: All right, so let's hear the Jordan Reed take from Justin. What do you got? So, (laughs) I have Jordan Reed as my number six tight end. I don't hate the guy. I like him more than six? Jimmy Graham. Really? But, That's pretty high. I, I oh. am in on, he's just like one of my other strategies. It's either Gronk, I oh. punt it, or I take Reed in the eighth and get Vernon Davis later. Uh, you got... I thought uh, I would take some heat No, the honest. heat I'm going to give you is the fact you said, oh, you can't draft Scare, where you got a guy who criticizes me for drafting all these injured players such as Dalvin Cook and that dude. And the guy who is injury prone is Jordan Reed, but I'm, I'm buying him this year. Smith has thrown to his number one tight end at least 21% of the time over the past three years and if we include all tight ends smith targets to position on about 28 percent of his pass attempts i think the only other guys can get over 100 targets in this offense is jameson crowder and i think these two guys can help the washington offense i do good this year they're they're underrated offense they had their whole entire offensive line back healthy considering they had that one game where they put in a defensive lineman at the offensive like lineman position so that's not good and I'm uh, in mean, on Reed this year. I, I have him higher than Jimmy Graham because Jimmy Graham is not good. And that, that's where I'm going right, to stand on <laughs> I don't know if Joe knows, but the running joke on this show is my dad's love for Jimmy Graham. He's, he's serious about it, but I just laugh at him every that, single time. I was getting the feeling there. Yeah, he's got him as a number four tight end. I, I think it's absurd.
1: Well, look, when you look at the touchdowns and the, and the ability to catch touchdowns over his career, the problem is another guy who's been hurt a ton. And it's not just time missed, but also hurt and playing. And you know, you give a guy a lot of credit for playing hurt, but at the same time in your fantasy league, it's frustrating because you know he's not mm-hmm. 100% and sometimes the game log suffers. I mean, he'll be good where he is and certainly as tight end 4, I can if you want to, you know, rank him there, that's that's a perfectly decent, you know, a justifiable spot based on touchdowns and volume, but you know, we'll we'll see how Aaron Rodgers does with the tight end too. We haven't seen a lot of that with Aaron Rodgers, so it'll be fascinating to watch.
0: Yeah. Right, I love guys,
2: Jordy sure. Jordan Nelson's gone. Jordan Nelson's gone. Someone's got to get them red zone targets. Like I say, I got one. I got uh, Reed in one league, Jimmy Graham in another. It could be a frustrating year for me with tight ends, but it could also be. Profitable, so I'm hoping on the later to profit. Yeah, your
1: dad's gonna be really happy or really cranky by Thanksgiving. Yes, uh, yeah.
2: Your, thank you, Joe. That's just right.
0: Just when you
1: when you come home for the holidays, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go near him. <laughs> just be aware what you're walking into and what you need to bring. Either whiskey, or you're gonna have to bring like you know you can bring a cake or something yeah, or something like, like that. Yeah, he'll be
2: he'll be, be apologizing <laughs> to me. I hope. All
1: right, <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll give another Jimmy Graham thing. So I think that. Rodgers is going to throw for almost 40 touchdowns this year. And you split it up. I think Devontae Adams is probably going to have at least 10 this year. I think Jimmy Graham can get those 10 touchdowns. But he, ha- he always gets those random guys such as James Jones in 2012 who had 14 touchdowns. And that can be Allison or one of these rookies they drafted. So, uh, I don't know. Spread the ball around. I think that Adams is going to cut into Jimmy Graham. But I'll let that go.
2: Wait, you... You made a bet with me a while ago. You, I told you that Jimmy Graham will have 10 or more touchdowns. You said no. Yeah. Now you're saying he's going to have 10. Well, it's
0: 10 or less. I'll give him 10 so, if you want me to give him 10. I'll give him 8 if you want. I don't care. So you like
2: Jimmy Graham. You've been in the closet.
0: On um, Where is Jimmy Graham ranked for me? Jimmy Graham is ranked at the tight end 9. Nah, I don't like him.
2: <laughs> you
0: did just say he's going to have 10 touchdowns. Possibly. Yeah, I said well, I said yeah. let's give him 10. All right, so. No, he's going to have more than 10. All right, <laughs> All right move on. <laughs> <laughs> I'll stay in the call and debate this to you. I have to just show for however long you want. But uh, my All last right. and final, my guy, I was uh, going back and forth between two guys. But it has to be, I think, my favorite player to own this year. Oh, you know who it is that I think. Uh, it's a wide receiver. It is Chris Hogan. Uh, another guy in the Patriots, but it is Chris Hogan's season with the SZN. This guy, I love him. Um, Decker's gone. Brick just got cut. Um, There's no competition other than Gronk. 114 targets from Cooks is gone. You see him moving all around to the outside, to the slot in preseason. He's a red zone beast. I think he could be a top 12 wide receiver this year. Um, He's going in the fourth round. His draft price has increased a lot because people are starting to realize that Chris Hogan is actually good. He was going in the fifth round about a month ago. He's going at the 407 right now. And I just I love the guy. You Over the first eight games of last season, he was a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. He got hurt, and he came back healthy for the Super Bowl and posted eight catches, 126 yards, and a touchdown. He scored in the preseason. There's no Amendola, no Edelman for their first four games. And Edelman's also still coming off a PED suspension and a torn ACL, and he is 32. So I'm kind of curious to see how he comes back from that. I think Brady's still going to target him. And Brady has had 24 pass attempts in the preseason and seven went to Chris Hogan. That's a 29.2% target share, small sample size. But once again, it's a good offense. You want players on good offense. And Chris Hogan, he's diverse. He ran 50% of his uh, snaps from the slot last year. He can run deep routes. Um, He's top 15, I think, this year, easily. And I, I think he outscores Mike Evans this year.
1: Well, it was a big tease last year because he was really good to start the season. I mean, he was really good. And that was in that same void where Edelman wasn't there. So it's kind of starting exactly where he started last year. So if he got off to a hot start again, it would not surprise me. And you're right. You make a good point, too, with Cooks being gone out of that offense, too. And, you know, Malcolm Mitchell's gone. Britt's gone. Decker's gone. I I, I still wouldn't shock me if Des Bryant ends up there. It's not something I want to see necessarily, (laughs) but I think it's still very, very possible but Hogan I think is I think Brady's very comfortable with Hogan you've seen him have some good moments in playoff games too so you know Brady's very comfortable with him and he and he trusts him and I think that's the big thing when Brady trusts a receiver when he doesn't which is why you've seen guys who show up there who might have more talent you know you've seen guys like Ocho Cinco over the years show up there certainly he's not bereft of talent but the problem is they don't pick up the playbook or they don't understand what Brady needs them to do and they don't pick up the offense but Hogan has and he's just another one of these long line of castaways like Wes Welker and everybody else, these players that nobody wanted that turn into studs, and I think it's wise. To, I don't have any shares of Hogan. It's not from lack of trying. I just haven't gotten any, but I certainly understand, and that's one player that I don't have on any team that I would like to have.
0: Yeah, we have a. so far we did two home leagues. I have them in both of them. I got him. I think, one in the seventh round and one in the sixth round, so I'm loving the discount on these Patriots guys apparently I'm getting, so hey.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, Patriots, you know, it's, it, I mean, they lost the Super right. Bowl. I guess it's all downhill, right? You know. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: Dad, what's your Chris Hogan take?
1: You know, he missed
2: seven games last year with a shoulder injury. But when he played, he was flashy. He did good. Edelman's set to miss the first four games uh, on a suspension. So that just boosts the volume for Hogan, I think, especially with all them guys you mentioned that are gone. Somebody's got to catch the ball be- there besides Gronk. Uh, He's playing alongside one of the game's top QBs and Tom Brady. Um, I mean, he's going to get the volume. Uh, what did I want to say?
1: I think I think what you want to say is that, you know, you you love the Patriot offense. Even as a Giant fan, you just well, can't get enough Patriots. Well, you can't
2: because they get the, <laughs> Brady gets the job done. Look, inside the 10-yard line, I, I think Hogan's caught eight of his 59 targets for touchdowns. That's only two fewer than Gronk, I believe. So he's gonna get the volume this year with all them guys going. So we really we we like him this year also.
0: You do. It's it's Chris Hogan's season. He's he's my guy. I don't,
2: I don't have him on any of my teams either. Because I have him. He's he's, he's <laughs> way up, way up in ADP also.
0: Well deserved.
1: This guy's gonna <laughs> So is this down to it. me now? Is this is this the last one?
0: This is the last one. the last one, Joe. Let's see if all
1: right. All right, I told you I was gonna stick with three wide receivers. Another guy who's on all my teams. I feel like oh. it's Emmanuel Sanders. Another
0: guy. Yes. You know what? Correct answer, sound effect right there. Yes. We love it. Yay. See, we've
1: all come back together. Yes. We've
2: all That's come back, all together. back together at the end. See yes.
1: that? I love it. And this is, a, you know, for all these same reasons. Just take last year and the absolute train wreck that was the Denver Bronco offense and no quarterback play. And look, Case Keenum is not Aaron Rodgers. But Case Keenum was was perfectly fine last year. He took a team within a step of the Super Bowl last year, okay? So that says a lot. And if you look at Case Keenum early on, he's been pretty good so far in the preseason. He's got some weapons here. He's got Demarius Thomas there. He's got Sanders. I think Freeman's gonna be a good player. I, I said that before when they drafted him, and uh, I said he would probably take over that role. And and sure enough, it looks like he's gonna have, be that guy. And I, I'm looking at Sanders as another guy who can catch 85 balls on a given year. He's a guy that's you know, could go over 900 yards. He's a guy that can catch touchdowns. He's got big play capability, wasn't healthy last year, was in a terrible situation last year. And it's like, all of a sudden he's on the Island of misfit toys. And I don't get it. I just don't understand. It's like, I want to dial everybody back a year and say, just, just, do you remember when everybody like for a couple years was perfectly content of the two or three good years in a row that Emmanuel Sanders had? I mean, how can he just throw that out the window off of one down year that Really wasn't his fault. It was just a bad combination of things.
0: I agree with that. That what you got to say about Emmanuel Sanders? I know you like him. Uh,
2: I agree with that too. I I also love Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, Last year, he missed four games. Uh, He was limited in a few games uh, because of ankle injuries. They've had terrible QB play since Peyton Manning left. I mean, prior to last year, Sanders has turned in three straight top twenty PPR finishes. Like I said, without the quarterbacks, I mean. So so even if Case Keenum can provide consistent QB play, Sanders should return to wide receiver two territory. And if I Keenan mean, look what
1: Keenum did with Thielen and oh, Diggs last year. Absolutely. Sake, right? like, absolutely. Why can't he do that with Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders? Right. And it's such a huge home field advantage in that place, too. Yeah. You know.
2: So so okay, and if Keenan looks like the guy we saw in Minnesota last year, like like Joe, you were just talking about, I believe Sanders could flirt with wide wide receiver one production. Just just remember this. He's done and it ju- before. Yeah, and just remember this, Joe. You just said it. Keenan just supported a pair of two 20 wide receivers or two top 20 wide receivers in Thienan and Diggs. So I, I think he, he can get it done. He can go, he can, if he has a great year, he could be wide receiver one production.
1: Love it. Wow. Love it. Um all right. And, you, and you're getting him what?
2: Is it still going two rounds later than Thomas?
1: Usually
0: somewhere around yeah. a round or two. Yeah, it depends on the draft.
2: Yeah, so that's another good value right there.
0: All right. Yeah, Sanders is currently right, going Justin, at six hundred four, and then you got Thomas at the four hundred ten. I, I said it in our most recent episode. I said that Sanders is going to outscore Demarius Thomas this season. I, yes, you did. I, I love Emmanuel Sanders. I will say the two downsides to him. That way, we get the full spectrum right and all of us just being yes, all hail Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, the one thing is he's a little bit of a bunch scorer. But hey, you want to win weeks, not the whole. You know, you get, it's a weekly game. So uh, I'll take the bunch scoring. And the other thing is the. Injuries last season were soft tissues, so those tend to linger. But like my dad said earlier, you can't draft scared. So I'm all in on Emmanuel Sanders. You saw Keenum. Like I said, he targets the slot the most out of anyone in the NFL last year, which was 25%. And so far in preseason, Sanders has lined up in the slot 70% of the time. It's also Emmanuel Sanders' time to shine. I like him and Chris Hogan. They're both values still. And as long as Sanders stays outside the top 15, I'm taking him in every draft that I can, if he falls to me.
1: All right. Nice. We no brainer. See, look, we all come together. Yes. At the end of the day, <laughs> That's good. we
0: all agree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was a fun episode. We each gave you uh, three of our, my guys. So Joe, if they are already following you on Twitter and all that, where can they find you and what are you doing in the fantasy community?
1: Well, I'm I'm hard to avoid, you know. I'm one of those guys, that's for sure. Uh, well, of course, the fantasy football black book 2018 still on Amazon, uh, number one in fantasy sports, but also number one in football books. Number one for a stretch. Oh, yeah, that's and, awesome. That's awesome. Nick Foles and Tom Brady's book for about a week and a half or so. So that take that, Cinderella. All right. Uh, yeah. yeah. How you like that, Nick Foles? <laughs> uh, but you can also catch me on the. Uh, fantasy black book podcast, uh, everywhere. You can listen to podcasts it's on there. It's me, it's Welch and Bogman. Uh, it's a real fun show. I, if you, if you like to have a good laugh and you like good information, it's certainly a great spot and we got great guests on there and you can follow me on Twitter at Joe Pisa 17. So thanks for having me on guys. It was great to be on here. Dude, this, it's so great that you're doing this together. Uh, cause I think, you know, you know, I, my, I love my dad, my dad and I are super close, but he's not a huge sports guy. And, you know, the fact that you guys get to do this together is terrific. And this is something you're going to remember forever. And I think it's it's awesome. You two are doing this just for you. Do it for you. And if other people like it, too, and I think they will, you know, it, that's that's great, too. But keep doing the show that you guys want to hear. And I think that's the secret. And you guys are on the right track. I'm I'm really happy to be here. And anytime you want me back, just let me know.
2: Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for that. He, Justin came up with the idea and I said, no way. I, I don't get into that till August. Then he hit me. And he hit me with, well, you know, I'm going to be going off to school. We could spend time together. I was hooked right there, and
0: I'm glad we did it. We're, we're so out, how many we're episodes out. have you guys done? This would be this, our 38th yes, episode right, right here. Yep.
1: Look at this. Look yeah. at this. I, look, I think it's a great idea, you know, first of all, because it is different. You've got somebody who's, you know, you've you got the, the elder statesman, the experienced football <laughs> guy, and then you've got, you know, the young buck up-and-comer, and I think it's great. I think, you know, it, it's something different and new, and God knows we need that. And I'm all about it, man. Anything I could do to help, just let me know.
0: Awesome! Thank you so much. Thanks, it means a lot. Yeah, guys. So once again, big thank you to Joe Pisapia for coming on the show. I'll have all this stuff linked in the description below. I hope you guys enjoyed that My Guys episode. We have another My Guys episode coming out soon before the season starts with another guest, Eric Moody from rotoviz and Gridiron Experts. So that's gonna be really fun to do. Uh, You guys get to hear three more of my dad's My Guys and three more of my My Guys plus another expert in this uh industry is my guys so make sure you guys stay tuned to that and once again subscribe if you haven't already big sh- thank you again <laughs> i can't thank him enough of joe but well, we hope you guys enjoyed it if you guys haven't rated the podcast five stars you guys don't have to write a review but if you do decide to write a review we will shout you out on the podcast next episode following that review um subscribe if you're new and follow me on Twitter at JustinFSFF and the podcast Twitter Father at FF for all these updates when we go live. We are going to get back on the YouTube grind soon, but uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this My Guys episode. And once again, go to the Quant Edge and get that season-long membership package and use code FSFF at checkout to get 10% off. That's up till August 31st. This is going out like a day before, but hey, go there right now. Check it out great content. It helps you make those decisions and it'll give you, it'll make you money that you're going to spend money on us, obviously, but you're going to make money back because of the tools they have and the advantages it gives you over the other DFS players. So go check that out in the description below code F S F F. But yes, we'll see you guys shortly with our next episode. And I can't wait for that.